Welcome to the Utah Podcapalians. Now, this is a podcast done by the Diocese of Utah, where we look at the unusual things in our diocese, but also we get into some of the topics about what our churches are doing, what our clergy are doing, what people are looking for in uh, topics as we face a unusual time in our country and in our state. Now, with all that in mind, we have a special guest today, the Reverend Canon Dr. Pablo Ramos, who is the uh, vicar of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in San Esteban. And the whole point of what we want to talk about is um, the Reverend Ramos has a real uh, interest, a passion, and a history in helping people who are perhaps new to this country, helping people as they kind of deal with some of the discrimination that we have been facing. And without further ado, let's get right into that. Um, I want to look at the increasing plight for those, uh, including immigrants, who are working in traditionally low-paying jobs, the service industry, things like that. Um, I know we hear about that, we read about it in the news. How bad is it out there for those who are working in uh, what we traditionally call low-paying jobs? Well, first of all, thank you for uh, the invitation, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, well, it, it is it is very, very, very bad uh, for people to to get uh, a job, a stable job that uh, can provide the necessary means to maintain a a family. Um, uh, uh, the way that uh, many of these undocumented immigrants are treated at work is is bad. It's, it's very bad. Uh, they don't have any benefits, and they um, they do the things that you 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 can even imagine that a a human being will be put on to do in in a work workplace. So it is it is. Uh, it is bad, Rick. It's very, very bad. It sounds um, like as a church and as Christians, you know, you hear what you're just talking about and uh, some of the descriptions of what we know going on in the workplace. Um, and I have to ask the question, what should the church, what should we as Christians what should or can we do to create dignity at work? Um, what can we do to see that there are living wages or assistance for those who are seeking work, to are seeking to help their families? I mean, you 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 paint a pretty bad picture out there. Yeah. Well, I I allow me to to read uh, three or four paragraph paragraphs of of the things that. Uh, the church should not be doing. Should okay. not be doing, you're saying. Should right? not be doing. So let me read you this. Okay. Uh, it says, I was hungry and you appointed a committee. I was in prison and lonely and you only pray for my liberation and my loneliness. I was cold and naked and you talk about fashion 
and the professional beggars. I was homeless and you only told me that God is our shelter and rock. I was sick and you did not get close to me because you were afraid of getting sick. I was without homeland, work, and friends, and you only talk about international policy and inflation. So this is what we need to do first. But one day you cried out and you repent of all the above when you listened to the words of Jesus, whatever you did for the least important of my children, you did for me. So we have to do something. What can we do? It's such a large problem. What can we do here in Utah? What can we do as Episcopalians? What can we do um, as those who have a voice? And, and that does raise that whole question. We're talking about people who probably don't have the voice that we do. Uh, yeah. When I say we, uh, perhaps English speakers, perhaps those that have, um, uh, I hate that word, connections, or those mm -hmm. that have lived here, those yeah. that know the system. Uh, and in some cases, those that have the proper documentation. What can we do? What what What's a good place to start? Well, I think the first place to start is in our local uh, congregations. I think we need to turn our uh, buildings, our churches into hospitals, you know, to, to heal the wounds of, of the suffering of our brothers and sisters, our immigrants, brothers and, and sisters, and help them to adapt, adapt as soon as possible to this new uh, system and, and, and help them, you know, to find jobs, you know, to make sure that they um, they can call the authorities if there is some discrimination or abuse or, or things like that, that they should not be afraid or that they can call the church and we will find ways uh, to do justice, you know, for these, for these people. So you are asking, and it seems very reasonable then, that a good place to start would be if we we recognize what I'm sure you go through every day when you are are advocating for uh, human beings to have human dignity. Yeah. That if we became advocates, like you say, more than than praying, um, we became those that uh, did that. That sounds like it would be a a, a great start. What else can we do? I know we've passed resolutions and it almost sounds hollow from what you said about what we do. We pray, we pass, yeah. uh, we passed uh, uh, resolutions calling for living wage. Um, what can we do uh, there? I know that uh, so many people are working for when we say the word below poverty line, I mean, they're not even in the, uh, in the system on poverty. Uh, uh poverty line let's say even people are talking about 15 20 it's pretty hard to make a living and we're talking about people that are 
three and four dollars or even um, getting their wages cut from them or taken from them. What can we do about that? Well, um, I, I think um, we should be working in, in at different levels, you know. I, I, I am of the opinion that it should be a great out for the Episcopal Church uh, uh, about the, the situation of immigration in this country. To constantly, you know, bombard the, the, our churches and, and the society in general about how uh, our brothers and sisters, our immigrant brothers and sisters are, are treating and are suffering in, in this country. Uh, you know, many of the debates that you hear in coffee shops, in restaurants, even in churches, are based in a lot of misinformation, you know, uh, like, you know, undocumented, don't pay, don't, don't pay taxes. They come and, and just take jobs that our um, uh, 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 citizens here need. And, and you know, we uh, immigrants are the cause of all the problems of this, <laughs> of this country. So I think the, 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 the Episcopal Church should be, you know, launching a campaign uh, uh, about the immigration, put it in not, not only in Latin America, but also now in the global context of what immigration uh, means in, in, in this century, uh, because we don't hear too much about that, you know. Uh, we, we consume, you know, uh, uh, one story and then we get energizing, energetic about doing something and then that story dies and then we go back to the default, default position, you know. Uh, I think also um, it is very important to provide a basic health system to, to uh, our uh, immigrants, brothers and sisters, you know. Uh, uh, what happens, Greg, is, you know, uh, they start feeling not good or with a little uh, cold or whatever. And because they can afford going to, to uh, emergency care or to a hospital, the, the, the illness gets worse and worse and worse. So they ended, you know, after a month or two in the emergency in uh, care uh, unit, uh, and then of course they cannot work for two or three weeks, uh, and without income, you know they can pay rent, they can provide for the family. So we start creating other problems that are directly related to with immigration, but many people don't see. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, during COVID, I know about this, but I saw this so clearly that during COVID, I discovered this underground health care system that, that exists, you know, when, when uh, uh, our brothers and sisters that cannot afford, again, the normal health care or the typical uh, health care program that, that you and I have, they go to these um, uh, markets or stores 
we buy medications and, and sometimes get an injection and who knows if, if the medication is, is the right one or the good one, but they don't have any other options, you know. That is um, sadly fascinating to hear. Mm -hmm. I, uh, um, you know, I, I, I work part time in television news too, and I, I, I hear stories like that, but I, I didn't know that some of these really exist. Um, and so tell me that we have in this time in 2023, we have people who human beings who are going to the local market and in desperation because they can't get even the most basic of healthcare that they're they're seeking it from certainly people that aren't qualified to be giving healthcare. Mm -hmm. Then the other thing that just just amazes me, we have folks that say, well, we must deny them healthcare, yeah. a nickel's worth of healthcare, but then they're in the system. They're among our children, among our people. They're in, and and it's completely um, destroying some things there. Tell me more about these markets that kind of this um, underground uh, healthcare, probably welfare, probably how people are helping each other um, in the shadows. Well, uh, there are places that people know they can, uh, when they are uh, get sick, um, they can go and get uh, medication, you know, or whatever they feel they they have, you know. Uh, you know, especially with construction workers, uh, when they have uh, pain because he so they have suffered an accident, uh, Cortisone shots are very typical, you know, uh, and and things like like that, right? You know, uh, and and you always pray that again, what you are getting into your body is is the right thing, you know, it is a good medication, uh, and it's not going to even make you die, you know. So. Uh, uh, and during COVID, this this uh, 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 this underground healthcare just exploded. You know, in as again as Christians, um, as people often wanting to do the right thing, and I think sometimes, like you say, it's just if you get information of what's going on, um, it's important. As churches, when we hire people, um, we hire people to um, perhaps do landscaping, perhaps do uh, um, some service jobs. Um, what should we be doing that we know if we're hiring folks to come and work in our homes with us that is helping to guarantee or to at least make a better case that that worker 
is being treated with dignity because um, we just don't know and we when we hire a crew to come and do something mm -hmm. what should we be doing well uh uh that that's uh uh you know a, a question that appeals to to the heart of of the people you know uh i i i'm 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 going to say that uh if you can afford to pay uh more of what you are usually pay that will be a benefit for for these workers you know uh because again they don't have any any benefits at, at all um and 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 that is 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 a good a good situation uh for them to to have you know uh i think if you are trusting them to come to your home and do work to engage in a, a conversation and make them feel that you appreciate the work that they do that that means a lot to to them you know they they wanted to be appreciated uh they wanted to they want to be loved you know and and that uh gives you confidence and and makes you start thinking you know i am worth of something you know i am more of what i hear people telling about immigrants uh that i am you know and i think that that as again when i said you know we have to turn our churches into hospitals uh, that starts a healing process for them. You know, you are worth it. You are loved. We appreciate that you are here and do the 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 uh, the work. You know that that you are doing. So I think that's important. Uh, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you can give, you know, 20, 25 percent of a tip. That also helps, you know, to to the waitresses, and, and that that that's a good thing. I'm afraid I know the answer to the next question I have for you, and that is, um, are the new immigrants and people who are working sometimes in the margins finding worsening discrimination as American politics heats up? in this divided country? I'm afraid I know the answer to that. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, absolutely. The answer is yes. You know, they they find uh, um, more discrimination, more hostility, you know, uh, uh, jumping from one job to another is, is almost impossible, you know. They, when they find a job, you have to stick there for ever does doesn't matter if you are not getting a fair uh a fair uh, uh payment uh uh how your boss treats you you know you need to stick there for forever and and yes the the uh, racism and discrimination is is uh increasingly increasingly bad what can we tell our children who often um, meet new immigrants, whether it's on the playground or in the school. I mean, I know it seems we got to start somewhere, and maybe it's that the 
with the kids learning that um, these are our brothers and our sisters and dignity, what should we be telling our children? What should we be telling our younger people um, who obviously become um, familiar with this system? You know, Craig, uh, I, I, I think um, here is when our faith comes to an action. You know, uh, Jesus said to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself is entire, covers the entire law. So we need to, to teach our youth and children uh, to love people you know uh you know they don't they don't care or they should not be caring you know if you have uh, uh papers or no papers you know uh i also believe we need to uh, have in mind uh a definition of christian justice which is uh we need to give people uh what they need and not what they deserve you know and that's very, very uh, important. We are here to uh, provide for for the people the things that that these uh, uh, people don't don't have, and 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 to talk to children about what we hear from politicians and put in, in simple words and say, you know, hate is never right. You know, it's against uh, our faith and and i will say uh, uh to our to the answers of being humans you know uh, even though we have a bad history of <laughs> treating mistreating people but we we just have to i mean you've brought um a lot of thought to this uh conversation and and just things that sometimes we you know, try to be good people and, and just kind of um, let, you know, slide or that we're, we need to have it brought to attention every once in a while. And I know on a really positive side that um, some of the uh, folks that have been uh, wonderful members of your church um, have um, been putting together some thoughts, some ideas and even in the informal or first stages of some projects, do you want to talk about some of those things? I, I think that's exciting that we do have some really nice things happening um, that are coming up through the uh, church level, the congregation. Do you want to tell me about some of those? Yes, Craig. Uh, you know, um, I, I think it was 20... 2016, I believe, um, I received uh, a telephone call from Bishop Scott and, and asked me to write a grant to uh, the Episcopal Church Foundation uh, about, about a, youth, a youth program. And um, I came with the idea of uh, the need to do something for the first generation of immigrants and talk about what it means to be 
the in-between culture. What that means is the first generations of, of immigrants, you know, the, the, the children of the, the parents that came for the first time to this country are um, in limbo. And, and what I mean by that is they are not, for, from the outsiders, they are not real Americans because they have uh, uh, a, a, a Latino or Spanish last name and because the color of the skin. And from, uh, for the relatives back in Mexico, whatever country they came from, they are not real, I'm going to say in, in this case, Mexicans, because they speak no Spanish or because they speak a funny Spanish and because they don't eat the traditional Mexican food. So these first generations uh, of immigrants are completely dislocated. Hmm. Where do I belong? People tell me I'm not a real American. And by the other hand, People tell me I am not a real Mexican, you know. So we see that need there, you know, that that uh, in the church uh, and by the grace of God, these people can find their own identity. And and uh, we start the program here at San Esteban, San Stevens, uh, meeting with children and youth twice a week. Uh, in with Mondays, uh, Mondays, uh, one of our members, uh, Rick Stevenson, teach yoga, <laughs> and I remember so clearly when he said that he got his youngest uh, student, which was a three years old little boy, and and yoga uh, did bring to 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 these uh, children and youth. Uh, uh, a way to calm down the stress, uh, to to relax for a moment, and and listen to the teacher with with statements that, that they start repeating, and it was a great great sense of of of, mm. of community on that, and then we provide lunch, and the other day Amy uh, Bishop Scott. Uh, uh, wife uh, came and do art uh, with the kids. Uh, we talk about art and faith, you know, and it was a great success for. We have a lot of kids. They love Amy. They love doing something after school. Uh, you know, the idea of not being at home uh, by themselves, playing games or doing nothing. And then suddenly have a big place when they can do art. It was an amazing thing. Then sadly, COVID came. We had to stop everything, and and the program basically died. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, this year, we sent uh, uh, I believe seven or six uh, youth to participate. Uh, at the Episcopal Judy Band. And after the band, uh, two of them, Israel Acevedo and Wendy Acevedo, 
uh, told me that they came with uh, great ideas and energizing, uh, and they wanted to 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 do something, you know. So I I told them, you know, I'm going to send you this project and make your own, you know, throw new things, destroy, create a new a new thing, and and. They they like the the project. They add new things, um, and uh, I can happily tell you that uh, we met with Bishop Felix uh, uh, Israel, and I met with Bishop Felix last week to talk about the project. She loved the project, uh, and and we are now, you know, start looking for funds to 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 start. Uh, this project here, San Esteban, uh, San Esteban. Oh, that's wonderful. So it would be again, uh, designed for those who, uh, like you say, are that in-between generation, that first generation, the, and so to to create an identity and a dignity and, and um, wow. So that, that's fascinating. That's, uh, that's just great news. Yeah. And, it's good news for all of us. And what you're talking about, um, a project like that uh, could happen in any of our churches, right? I mean, we, we yes, all yes. be doing, um, these aren't something that has to be done in your traditional Latino or Latinx congregation. Uh -huh. This could be done, um, every one of us, every one of our congregations, our churches, has um, a need in our communities to uh, assist on it. And uh, you, you've offered a real opportunity, a real idea of what people can do that would, um, that would assist that. I, I, um, I need to get um, more progress reports on that uh, when you're, when you, when you uh, get a little further down the road on that. Um, we're about out of time. It's been fascinating just to hear what we what we have. And sometimes a conversation like this, like you say, is just important um, because we we just need to be reminded at times about our brothers and our sisters. We need to be reminded um, as we go into our community, as we observe. Um, folks working in the service industry, as we employ people, as we uh, have our neighbors and our, our children's friends. And in, in that we, we just need to know and to sometimes think about what that other person might be going through and what we should be going through as Christians in just helping. And like you say, sometimes even it's just a supporting word you, you've brought a lot of uh, food for thought here. Um, any last remarks that you'd like to make in our last minute about um, uh, what we've all been talking about or in, in what we can do? Well, uh, uh, again, I will emphasize the importance of turning our buildings into hospitals mm -hmm. and to start healing the wounds of our immigrants uh, brothers and sisters, you know, uh, probably, uh, or not probably, uh, add a petition in the prayers of the people for, uh, 
the the uh, our representatives uh, statewide or nationwide to open their hearts and their minds to coming and pass a comprehensive immigration law, which which I think it is it is important, no. And, and to push uh, our leaders in, in the national and the Episcopal Church to start, I will say, a campaign about uh, the situation of, of uh, immigrants in, in, this, in this country. Well, thank you again. Wonderful words of thought. And thank you for your ministry that you, you are doing, and, and so many are. Um, uh, joining and we need more to be doing um, and the Episcopal Church in Utah has two uh, congregations uh, traditionally for um, in Spanish and the work has been amazing your work has been um, just for years and years and years uh, it's God-given and thank you so much and blessings to you our guest has been the Reverend Canon Dr. Pablo Ramos, and um, who has become an expert in all of the work at, um, well, and I, I use that word expert. I know you're very humble about it, but you are, you're the one that's the expert here. So at uh, San uh, Straben and also St. Stephen's, the vicar in West Valley City, a wonderful place to go pray and, and to um, meet those from all over our area and our congregations. Thank you so much for being part of the Utah Episcopalians. It's a podcast done by the Diocese of Utah, where we explore what's going on in our unusual church in this unusual place called Utah. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Greg.